across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Alrighty, Rockstar Nation, listen up. I have the solutions if you are looking to build a massive, wonderful team that nets you a million bucks a year. Net, 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 not ECI, but net. I went to Omaha, Nebraska, and I hung out with Jeff Cohn and the Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group and filmed everything about how they sell 600 homes a year how Jeff nets over a million bucks consistently and doesn't go on listing appointments or buyer's appointments, doesn't even take calls from angry clients because nobody really knows Jeff. They know Omaha's elite real estate group. I mean, he's really got this figured out, right? We had to net a million dollars without being beholden to other people when he walks into the local mall. And it's a cool way to conduct business and net a million bucks. 600 homes a year. Five years ago, they were doing 80. So we took this, all this footage and we broke it down to 76 videos. We made 73 quizzes to make sure you get it in your head. And we included a bunch of downloads that he and his team use. We got videos of their secret team meetings, of their admin meetings, of their uh, agent accountability meetings. We got videos of their agents prospecting to real life clients. Find out how you can build a team where everybody gets along with an incredible culture, where everybody is hired right from the beginning. Massive amounts of retention here. People stay. And how agents lead generate from day one for their entire life there. I mean, it's unlike any team I've ever seen. And uh, you can get it now at rebusuniversity.com. For the holidays, we are offering 50% off and also because it's a brand new product. So it's going to be a limited time. We're going to offer 50% off. So jump on over to rebusuniversity.com and check it out. I even put some free videos and free quizzes, like three of them. I just picked three random ones. So you could go on there and kind of test drive the car for free, so to speak. rebusuniversity.com. Okay, Rockstar Nation, boy, we have a super guest here coming from Australia, the land down under. I got Reed Goosens on the line, and Reed is just all things real estate today. He's hyper-focused on real estate. He's excited about real estate, and he's going to talk to us about how to sell real estate to international buyers, and there's a lot of hoops that need to be jumped through, and He's quite the expert on it. So without further ado, Reed, welcome to Pat Hyman Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. G'day, Pat. How's it going, mate? It's going great, brother. So <laughs> why, don't you, uh, why don't you give everybody a little background on you, Reed? I would love to do that. So um, hello, Rockstar Nation. Yeah, Reed Goosen's 
I'm, 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 as you can tell, I'm a thick, heavy Australian accent. I, I moved to the United States about five years ago for love. I moved here for my, um, to follow my fiance or my now fiance at the time she was a girlfriend. And yeah, I just, I, when I first came here, my, my background was in structural engineering. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a, a way to stay in the country. So I got a job. I moved to New York City. I got a job as a structural engineer working on some, some awesome projects in, in, in New York City and in Brooklyn. But, you know, within two weeks of being on the ground in NYC, I was at my first real estate networking event and just consuming as much about, you know, real estate here in the United States. Because for all your listeners out there, the way it operates in Australia is a little bit different to the way it operates obviously here in the United States. And, And the barriers to entry to the investing game in the US are a lot lower than they are in Australia. For a bit of background, I invest in multifamily cash flow. Um, that's obviously not the point of today's show, but I, I do love generating cash flow. I do love generating passive income because um, I'm all about financial freedom. And and you know that that I, I picked up the book Rich Dad Poor Dad back in 2009 and just fell in love with the the entrepreneurial spirit in me and the sort of the hunger to to leave my cubicle. And you know I've successfully done that now, and I'm really enjoying my time here in the United States. I've, uh, I've also got my own, I've started my own um, real estate investment company called RSM Property Group, which is based here in Los Angeles. And we uh, use syndication to, to buy a bunch of multifamily real estate uh, across the nation. And I help international investors buy US real estate, which is, I guess is the point of, of today's show, which I'm really excited to talk to you about. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. That That's incredible. I, you know, we just had Kiyosaki on episode 405. Wow. And he just, you know, and he, he was a sense in that telling everybody not to buy real estate first time ever in his life. So, uh, you know, certainly that's, that, that was an interesting thing to hear, but nonetheless, as we know, many, many people are still buying and will continue to buy. Now, real estate is a very, very, very serious and sought after asset class. And so because it is, you know, we have people from all over other countries coming in and buying, you know, at one point it seemed as if you know, the only places foreign money was going were places that people knew of, you know, New York City, Los Angeles, that sort of thing. And I recently talked to some people from Nashville, Tennessee, and international money was going into there. And I still have a real estate team in Maryland. And Mike Sloan, my partner that runs it, has been selling a whole bunch of houses recently to some investors outside of the U.S. that are worried about their country, you know, having some issues with the government. And that's outside of Baltimore. So we see it starting to go into places that aren't actually on the movie screen, that aren't actually, (laughs) you know, on TV shows. So, So let's talk about this a little bit. So let's say agents out there have buyers that call them and say, you know, I'm from Syria or I'm from Russia or I'm from China, whatever, and I want to buy a house. Yep. Right. So what process has to take place? Yeah, good good bunch of questions because there's a, there's a whole process which I do educate a lot of people, particularly international investors. Being an Australian myself, coming to the United States, I had to jump through all those hoops when I first started investing here. The number one thing that people get very, they don't understand is that they think they can just come and start buying real estate. And that's not necessarily the case. You, you do got to do a bit of um, background work, what I like to call getting your set up, getting yourself set up like um, like get, getting your desk set up at home for a home office. You got to get it set up before you can actually start doing 
doing work or start investing here in the United States. So there's a few different um, processes that I uh, I offer as a service to international investors. And the first thing you need to do is you know contact a good CPA. They're they're very very important, and we we work very uh, exclusively with uh, third party CPA firms who only deal with international investors. And and what they do is they will go out to the to the IRS and say, hey IRS, I'm going to apply on behalf of my international investor here for an ITIN number and uh, uh, individual tax identification number. And that's just saying to the IRS, hey, I am uh, a non-resident. Uh, I, I would like to invest in your country, but I need a, some sort of tax identification. That takes a period of time. And, and that is something that you know I can educate people more on, but usually it's, we, 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 um, we farm that out to, to third-party CPA firms. The second thing is obviously setting up your LLC. That's very, very important for asset protection. I always try and uh, encourage my international investors to buy any asset in an LLC. Um, because and if it's a, if a single member LLC, it's pretty easy to set up in the state in which you're buying the property, or you may set it up in Delaware or Nevada or wherever you're going to set it up, and you can talk to your CPA about that. Um, the next thing you need to, to be doing is obviously bank accounts, and bank accounts are pr- uh, are one of the hardest things to set up here in the United States, particularly if you're not coming to the US. The biggest advice I always try and give international investors is if you if you're planning on coming on a trip, let me know because we can, when you're here, you can set up the bank account. You cannot set up the bank account from from abroad. Um, the U.S. government has cracked down on that, and and that's just the way it is these days. Um, and, there and are do some. You, do you need your your ID number? Do you need your international tax no. ID number to set uh, up a you, bank account? No, you'll need your EIN number for the LLC. So the ITIN number can come probably third. You need LLC bank account, then ITIN number can come once you identify the property. And that's again, there's just a just a way that the, the the U.S. government, the IRS, can to make sure that they're taxing you correctly on whatever income you're earning, whatever appreciation or depreciation, all those good things that are they're the benefits of owning real estate. So and, and the LLC is. Guys, is easy. I mean, you go on legal Zoom and get the LLC done, you know, from Australia or from China, and there's a box you just check that you pick a state, right? You pick exactly. a state and say, what exactly. state do you want this company to be in? And you say Maryland or Michigan or whatever. You pick that state and then that's it, right? Yeah, well, it's not that's yes and no. And, and I, what I find with my international investors, Pat, is that, you know, it's the first time they may be investing in a foreign country, so they just want to. They need a bit more handhold, hand holding. Um, so, for all your agents out there that are working with them, if you can get knowledgeable on this sort of stuff and offer that to your international investors or, or clients, it's going to be very, very beneficial to your business. And having the confidence just to say, "I'll oh, jump on LegalZoom and start it," like a lot of people will be scratching their head, going, "What the hell's LegalZoom?" And, and I'm not too sure. And you know, can you please walk me through it? And and so that's what I do in my business. I help people do that. Um, but but with the LLC, it's it's I highly recommend just getting a you know a CPA to do it. it is, you could get it cheaper done online. I completely agree with that. But for maybe your first one to to walk them through the process, just maybe go through a CPA to make sure it's all 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 good and sweet. And so once you've done that, once you've got everything set up, you've got your your bank account set up. You've come to the United States on a bit of a holiday. You might go set it up there. You got EIN number. You got your LLC. That is when you can start looking for real estate. And, and so that may take a period of time. It may take, you know, between four to six weeks or maybe even eight weeks, a couple of months. So that's where people don't necessarily understand that, oh, I want to just start buying US real estate. But, you know, if you want to act on a good deal, you got to have all this stuff set up first because you might go put in an offer and then they say, hey, we want to accept your offer. And yeah. they're like, I've got no, no, got nothing set up. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So hold on, Reed. So let me ask another question. And that is, sure. let's say my name is Phil Nickerson. I can just buy the house in my name, right? 
you could you could definitely buy the house in your name, but you still have to have, you know, Phil Nickerson needs to tell the IRS that you need a you're gonna have an ITIN number. Phil Nickerson needs to get money and bank accounts set up. So if Phil Nickerson does want to do that, there's still you still have to he can't start a bank account from a from abroad. So you still gonna have to probably come to the United States. There are other ways we get around it, which is with um you know, foreign exchange services, um, and I can explain a little bit more about that. Um, but definitely if you're if you're an international or you're talking with international clients try and get them to come out and they probably will come out to see yeah, yeah. Well, let's say let's say he comes out okay yep. let's say this guy phil comes out he says i, I don't want to do the llc i just want to put it in my name because i'm going to use it as a vacation rental okay sure. Sure. so he just puts it in his name can he go to a bank and open up a bank account in his name in the united states uh, yes, he can, um, but there is a there's a there's a foreign um, what's the word? There's a for, there's a foreigner's bank account, and it will depend on the institution in which you go to. So that's why it's a little bit easier to set it up with an LLC because it's a US based LLC rather than a person who's walking in off the street and saying, "Hey, I live in China or Israel or Russia. Can I start a bank account?" They're going to look with a little bit more suspicion. So yeah. that's that's why you it's it's just, it's for asset protection and for the fact it's going to be a little bit easy setting up bank accounts to have that LLC set up, and that's why I always recommend it and you know people you know tend to take my recommendations so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and then then uh, once it's set up whether it's in your name or the llc name is there any problem with putting cash in it up to a certain amount i mean can i just put yes, a million bucks no, over there no. No. yeah there's, there's there's definitely limits in terms of you know with um laundering money and, and that is where you know and particularly if you're coming into the united states and you know there's a limit in which how much actual cash you can have on you at any one time so there right. are rules and, and like regulations 10 grand or something yeah 10 grand exactly 10 grand so, so that's not going to buy so let's say i want to buy a half a million dollar beach rental right. and i'm coming from australia okay yep. and i'm going to put it in my personal name, right? I'm mm -hmm. going to screw, screw the LLC, let's say. How do I get half a million dollars in a bank account? Yep, half a million dollars in a bank account. That is where you use uh, companies like Forex or Foreign Exchange Services, um, World First. These are companies that I use on the regular, the international, um, international uh, businesses that uh, only do foreign exchange and they have a requirement from the US government to make sure to vet you and make sure this is not money laundering and that means that you will need to prove to them that you are you know transferring money for a specific purpose or for specific um, property in mind and that that will take you through a whole process again this is a third party system and um, that is how you get your money your, a large sum of money into the United States oh, fascinating um, and then of course they so, charge a fee and exactly they, they charge a fee and they, they are required by law to vet you very, very you know, stringently. And I've been through the process and the hoops and, and it, it goes back to making, you know, to say to them, hey, I, you know, Phil wants to, I've got a bank account here in America and I'm going to buy this so-called real estate. It's like, oh, are you? <laughs> That's, that looks a bit suspicious. So back to LLCs, LLCs are just sort of, it, it helps the, to, to prove, it, it helps to prove a number of steps along the way that you're doing legitimate business in the United States and not fraudulent. So that's, that's kind of what I always recommend it to, to my international clients. Okay. And now tell me a little bit about, you know, the benefits one could get. A lot of people are buying, putting a certain amount of money in the U.S., buying real estate so their children can go to school here. So, exactly. so they get, how, how does all that work? Can you, can you dig deep into that? 
Yeah, I can. I can. I, I'm not a lawyer. I'm, sorry, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a. I'm not a tax advisor. But the tax advisors I do use uh, only deal with international investors. From a macro point of view, for, I know from Australia and the United States, the US has what's called a worldwide income. So you know you have to if you're living in another country and you you know you, you you're reporting income in another country, but you have your real estate here in the United States, and that is also producing income or producing ta- you know benefits to you uh, for your LLC or personally, um, you do have to report that and you will get credits in either country, whether it be back in Australia or back in your home country, and, and only sp- uh, specific countries are involved in that process. Uh, again, I would highly advise to to speak to one of our third party CPAs who um who can advise you on all the benefits in which you can you know we want to obviously benefit in you know having any cash flow you got from the property, having any amortization, having any sort of depreciation benefits, and that will all roll up into a sort of worldwide um, tax credit sort of thing and there'll be the credits will be transferred between your home country and uh and the united states to make sure it's all all done above board yeah and i think i don't again i don't know the exact amounts but it's like you put a half a million dollars in and you get you get a visa there's EB, EB3 programs. That is correct. And they're th- again, uh, intermediary companies will do that. And this, what I'm, what I'm particularly talking about, Pat, is more just for your everyday guys who want to do, you know, you can apply for the EB, EB3 program, EB5, EB5 financing program, um, but you're not guaranteed a visa. Um, and, and so there's a little bit more hoops. I have not dealt with anyone. I'm just going to go on record that I haven't dealt with anyone who's done that process. They haven't come to me and say, hey, Reid, I want to get a visa for, I want to invest a, bu- a bunch of money because there's a bunch of visas you can get regardless of the EB, EB5 uh, visa. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So they go through all that. They get the money. They put it in the bank. Now what? Now it's financing, the financing part of it. You know, a lot of people do just, and, and you know, I'm sure you you know, Pat, with, uh, with being a real estate agent and all your real estate agents out there and the house prices that are, uh, you know, international buyers, particularly the Chinese, are just coming in and buying all cash, right? And they're buying over market and they're inflating, you know, we won't get into that. But <laughs> say you are someone who wants to get some sort of leverage um, out of it because, you know, we want to leverage our money. We want to maybe bring a half a million bucks in, but we may want to buy a million dollar property or a mansion or something like that. So there are pro- there are certain lending programs out there that you can, as an international investor, um, go and use. Um, but the problem will be that you are an international investor. And, and, and you know, to try and go through all the hoops and, and rigmarole of being, um, to making sure that you meet the bank's requirements is a little bit more cumbersome. But just for, for there's, there's a couple of processes in which you can do it. So if you are a high net worth individual, um, banks like HSBC and Goldman Sachs do offer certain um, portfolio-based lending on international properties. So don't quote me on this, but, you know, those, those larger banks will offer their clients if they have, I think, a million dollar portfolio or greater in a foreign country, um, depending on the foreign country, you can leverage against it. I know, say, in Australia, you can leverage against a portfolio of a million dollars or more if to buy a US property. Um, but the, 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 the caveat is you need to be putting, uh, you need to be buying a large enough property. So they will be looking to, for you to put down a deposit of three or $400,000. Now, if you're putting down a, a deposit of three or $400,000, you're probably buying a property in the order of a million bucks. So that's a sort of scale in which we're talking about high net worth individuals who, who have a lot of uh, real estate worldwide. The second one is that you can use, um, some banks, you know, large banks, Bank of America, um, US bank, they do have programs for to lending to international investors. Um, they're not as favorable to people like us who live here in the United States. It will be a higher deposit because it's an investment. So you may be looking between uh, 40 to 50% down and your interest rates will be a little bit higher, probably between between 6 to 7%. 
Um, but again, you still get to leverage money. The third option is you could use hard money, which is a different, completely different process, more private lending based on locales uh, in certain areas. Interest rates are obviously a lot higher. They, they can act a little quicker. But again, you've got, the, you've got the interest rate. And they do come into play, those hard money um, programs, as a, as a strategy for international investors. They're you know, buying a house to fix and flip it or you know, to do some work to it. And then they can then you know, refi the property once they've done the work into a, a better, you know, lower interest rate loan. And, and then obviously the last one for international investors who may, not, who may want to partner with a local-based you know, partner and they can then leverage the, the, the US-based person um, and, and their credit and, and their scores to get better financing. So there's a couple of options there. And you just got to be educated on the whole process and, and understand what process you want to take that will best suit those, uh, those international investors and their needs. Wow, that's great to know there's so many options because I think a lot of people have in their mind that if somebody comes over here to buy real estate from another country that they need all cash and, and you clearly probably no, have no, it yeah. No, not, not all cash. The, the problem that you will run into, Pat, is that with you go through your HSBCs and your normal banks, it's a longer process. So, you know, it's, you're still going to have to go through a lot of, you know, um, income verification, bank accounts, all that stuff. And so if you're looking to try and buy an investment property and, you know, snag it at a good price – you may get held up with the financing part of it and that may take between you know three to four months and that can stop you from getting a great property. Hence why hard money may be a better option to get you in that deal. First, you can do the work if you're more of an active investor. If you just you know don't care and you just want a mansion in, in Beverly Hills, then it's a different a different mindset. But uh, there are options out there and it's just about asking you know myself or, or other educated people on, on, on what their options are, are available to them. So, Reed, where do you see money coming from? What countries are you seeing money coming from right now? Yeah, good question. Biggest biggest one right now is obviously you know China's got some huge capital coming into the United States. Um, the Australians have backed off a little bit because the Aussie dollar is a little bit weaker against the greenback. Uh, I see a lot of Israeli people, um, um, expats, investing money a lot from the Middle East, wanting to have their their money in um, in U.S. currency and, and some of the benefits. And for your uh, agents out there listening, the reason that people invest here in the United States is a stable government, uh, the U.S. currency, which is one of the strongest currency in the world. And you know it's backed by the um, the, the World Bank, um, and the fact that they get to you know get maybe a, if they're savvy investors, they may want to get yield on the on their on their investment instead of just parking it uh, in the United States. They may want to you know put it into a multifamily to generate cash flow, whatever it is. And, and you know, and obviously the fourth one is is just getting it out of the hands of potential governments that could you know, you know dictators that could essentially take their money from them. So they want to place it in a safe haven that they know that the, a stable government won't just come and say, hey. I want that property. It's now mine. So that's they're, they're the type of countries I'm seeing a lot of investments um, flooding from overseas. Yeah, that's the fascinating one is the fourth one, right? Because, you know, there, there's countries that we don't think anything about. And mm-hmm. suddenly you'll see in the news that there was a coup on the government. Right, right. <laughs> and <laughs> when, whenever that happens, you if you're, if you're living there and you're wealthy, you have to figure that uh, there's a possibility that they're going to come after – you, you know, you and your money mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. land and your farm or whatever it is you own there. And so they park it here knowing that it's safe. So t- talk a little bit about that. How is it safe? I, I guess the, the Turkish government, obviously, or, this, or the Israeli government can't grab an Israeli citizen's money that's in a real estate investment in the United States. Yeah, and it goes back to asset protection and that LLC setup. What rather instead of using your individual name, you're using a company name to own that. And you're the single member. Yeah, I, I'm not 
you know, in terms of you know individual countries and their governments and you know what those individual governments do can and can't do, I'm not going to speak on on that behalf. But just from a macro point of view, that there are there are countries out there that people just want to get their money out of that country, particularly somewhere you know like China. I know there's been restrictions on how much money there has been can leave the country or investors can take out of the country at any one time. Um, I, I and and they sort of have the control of you know allowing people to take you know a lot of money out or you know they're saying oh today I don't want to you can't take much money out of the country today. So that's a, that's a risk uh, and people get uh, a flighty and, and investors get flighty. So they look for safe havens like the United States, you know, Western countries like obviously Canada, Australia, New Zealand, uh, the European uh, countries to place capital um, to be out of the hands of, of, of or potential reach of, uh, of their governments. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, and, and I've seen this. I've seen this. We had a client that bought a bunch of real estate from Bangladesh, and we saw mm-hmm. it here when the, when the government got overthrown there and, and everything changed hands. A lot of the wealthy people had ties to the government, which is typical in a lot of these countries, right? Yep. You know, and the ties run deep, and that's how they make their money, mm-hmm. right? And with the new government, of course, they start going after all the old guys and <laughs> and start taking, you know, trying to take back the money that they allegedly corruptly stole or took right. or, or right. have or own or earned or whatever you want to call it. So so it makes a lot of sense for them to put it here. Right. You know? I, I, does, I've, yeah. seen, I've seen yeah, I've seen I've heard of stories or horror stories where, you know, guys from African countries come over here with millions and millions of dollars and buy mansions, and then they think they have you know the world the world government or police after them essentially. And you know, anyway, it's been horror stories, and I don't I don't know all the details, but there's been you know corruption scandals from other countries, and when certain governing bodies do get involved, I think it can get uh, pretty hairy. But again, I'm not an expert on that, so I'm going to just keep it above board, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to sell them something, right? You just want them to buy. So you're you're liking apartment buildings right now. Now, right. Yep. Yep. Loving and, cash flow. So, okay. So when you came here from Australia, right, five years ago, right, mm-hmm. you, you met an American girl. You're like, uh, you know, you fell in love. You came over here. Within two weeks, you yep. go to a thing on, you know, real estate investing. Now, did you own any real estate in Australia at all? No, no. That was good question. I, yeah. So. When I'd, I'd finished backpacking around the world in 2008, graduated in 07 from university, went backpacking for a couple of years, had met the girl at that, that stage, um, went back to Australia and was just like sitting in my day job going, you know, WTF, I can't be doing this for the rest next 40 years of my life. Picked up the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book and then began to educate myself over between 2009 to 2011, 12 when I moved to the United States. Uh, was going to pull the trigger in, in Aussie on a deal when I you know, educated myself on flipping or whatever it might be, but I really had a passion to live in New York City because I just had backpacked through New York City and I fell in love with that city, you know. So got packed up my bags, went, you know, got to NYC and yeah, within the first two weeks, I was at my first real estate networking event, just educating myself on, you know, the what is US real estate and and Pat, I thought Australia had some great you know, networking events. New York City was on steroids compared to Aussie and I was just blown away with, you know, just just the, the hunger and, and stuff that I would pay a guru top dollar in Australia for was readily available for free and it's seminars and, you know, you pay 10, 15 bucks to get in, they're teaching all this great content and I was just eating that stuff up and over the next you know six to 12 months i educated myself and then you know pulled the trigger my first deal up in upstate new york how how, okay tell me about that one like how did you do that did you yeah did you have some money that you brought over from australia 
that's exactly right. And that, you know, for your listeners out there, I had no credit. So the first deal, I had to buy all cash and I had to buy an all cash deal and a cash flowing deal so I could prove to my local bank mm. that I, you know, I could, you know, develop relationships with my local bank. And it was only a triplex. I think I picked it up for like 45,000 bucks. I put 10 grand into it. I think I was all in for like 55 grand, maybe a little bit more with um, with closing costs. And I had I had 50 grand at the time. And, and I, over the next six months, I, pr- I was, you know, deposit, my, my, man, my property manager was depositing checks into a local bank. I'd opened my local bank and the LLC did the whole process because remember, I went through that process. And, 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 I did, and over a period of time, I said, hey, look, I would like to refinance a little bit of money out of this property. You've seen that it's earning great re- uh, income and they, they, they let me take a, a small um, uh, mortgage on that property. It was at a higher interest rate because obviously I was uh, still, my credit was still building. Um, but I was able to pull 25 grand out of that deal and then I, um, was, I used some more money that I'd saved over a period of time uh, to buy a second deal and then did a third deal. And that's how I got started uh, investing here in, in the United States. Wow. And, um, and then from there, you just, you just sold, bought more, sold, bought more. Yep. And now, yep. now you're buying big things. Like how many, how many doors, how many type of units, like yeah. a typical complex that you buy today? Yeah, good question. So, in the, since two thousand, early two thousand and fifteen, um, my partners and I have bought over six hundred units uh, in in Tal- Dallas, Texas, uh, and Houston. Um, and the, the, what I I syndicate, I think you've had a few people on here that syndicate. But yeah, the the real reason stemmed from the fact that you know I I bought these couple of properties in upstate New York back in two thousand and eleven, twelve, thirteen, and soon ran out of my own money. You know, I didn't have I didn't have wads of cash lying around. So, like any good business owner, to to try and scale your business. You, you use OPM, other people's money. You know, think of Google, think of Facebook. They don't, you know, Mark Zuckerberg wasn't just sitting on a, on a wad of cash to produce Facebook. He, he got investors. Mm. So I developed a brand. I developed, I got a coach. Uh, and, and I saw the power of multifamily and, and, you know, how to reposition a property. You, know, you go in there, increase rents, increase cash flow, you increase, increase the value of the property. It was just, it was a no-brainer. I also coupled that, w- w- Pat, with, um, back to international guys. In 2011 and 2012, a lot of international investors were buying these turnkey properties properties, single family turnkey properties from maybe the not most reputable companies in the US. And we're getting burnt. You know, they were, they were, they were buying these things for 50,000 bucks. They're like, great, I can buy it for 50 grand. It rains for 800 bucks a month. This is beautiful. I'm loving the cash flow. But now they're operating something from halfway across the world. They're not necessarily getting maybe the best quotes on, on, on repairs. And, and I saw a lot of people get burnt. So syndication was a way of me to allow people to, to come in at the ground level, so to speak, and get into a cash flowing deal and you know I, they, I use my processes to increase that value increase that cash flow and they get to benefit in coming along for the ride because they bring the the, the down payment and you know we I bring the debt and I bring the deal and we, we go off and make some some money together so that's sort of it stemmed out of two two reasons was one was from I saw a need to provide a better investment vehicle for international investors and I and the second was that I wanted I also as, as a business owner needed to scale my business so using OPM or other people's money was a way in which you can do that yeah, that's awesome. That's incredible. And uh, what you've built to today is is phenomenal too. Quite the great success story in a very short period of time. Well, this is this has been fascinating. I I really appreciate you, Reed, coming on and 
sharing all these great things about how to sell to international investors and the, and the phenomena that is happening now that hasn't happened uh, for quite some time, at least in the last half a decade or so. There's been a lot of influx of foreign money. So thank you so much. And, and what I'm going to do, guys, if you want to reach out to read some more or get some more information, uh, anything that he didn't cover, he's happy to talk to you guys. I'm going to put all of his information on hybendigital.com backslash read goosens now it's g-o-o-s-s-e-n-s so you got two o's and two s's, two s's. <laughs> <laughs> reed this yeah. has been great buddy thanks so much and listen if i'm ever in uh, new york city or australia if you're visiting or what have you you know let's get together we can break some bread mate this has been absolutely incredible thank you so much for having me on the show This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.